Hello and welcome to the podcast. After the worst week of the season, there's a lot to discuss this week, a hell of a lot. Me and Andrew are obviously going to go through the player ratings as normal. We're obviously going to make, rate the manager. We're going to rate the actual Stoke performance. We're obviously first going to go and talk about Bournemouth because that was a midweek game which didn't go to plan at all. It's now been three straight defeats in a row. And Stoke fans aren't happy, so after we're going to talk about the, the news at the moment that a lot of fans aren't happy with Michael O'Neill. Is he the right man? Well, we're going to discuss it. So, hello, Ange, on a terrible week. Three straight uh, yes, defeats. Yes, I've had better weeks, and the only thing really that is getting me through it is the fact that Man United aren't winning. I won't spoil it in case anybody doesn't know and, and they listen to this before they see the game, but he's just about kept me sane. Dreadful week, no points out of nine. I never saw that coming, but it has, and we just have to get on with it. I like the positivity, but to be honest, I'm really not impressed over the last couple of days. We look all over the place, tactically, yeah, squad-wise. We seem really poor at this moment in time. It's, it's such a weird feeling. The international break came, and everybody thought it was at the right time because they were tired. But it looks like the wheels have fallen off a little bit. I'm sure you'll get replacement wheels, and I, and I do think... I mean, you look at it objectively, not as a fan, and you detach yourself from it. It's one bad week. Yes, they've got no points out of nine, but they're also only one point away from being right back in the playoffs, along with lots of other teams. But I do genuinely think Stoke will get into the top six. Now, people can call me deluded, people can call me daft, but I do think they'll get into the top six. Well, you said them two words, I'll say mad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I think you're very positive and I like that because I'm going to be completely negative to Boris. Right, so before we do anything else, we'll go into the Bournemouth game. What did you reckon of that? I thought they were very unlucky. I, I thought Bournemouth were the better team. But if you um, if you just look at, at how things transpired, one mistake, one really bad mistake, Davis pushed the ball out to a player who could hardly fail to score. When their keeper made a save, it manages to ricochet to one of their players. So if you look at it in the cold light of day, they were unlucky in terms of they took a chance, we didn't. They shouldn't have been in the game, but they were, and on a different day they could have got a point. So from that, I look at it as Stoke a decent team. I, I saw it completely different. I, I thought we were completely outplayed by Bournemouth. I really did. I thought, I thought watching that game, I thought there's a mass gulp in class between a certain couple of these teams. Fulham were one as well. But Bournemouth on Tuesday absolutely just just passed round us like we weren't there at times Yeah, I mean I mean, I know I can understand with Bournemouth they've still got a few big name players you know Lerme 30 million Solanke 18 or 20 whatever he cost but I was very disappointed with that performance and we, we seem we seem so stodgy in the midfield which is my problem yeah. you know well we, I mean that's the problem with every game we play now yeah I mean, you look at it, we've got Joe Allen there. He was, he, from what I saw at the end of last season, I know it's getting changed now with the team's coming down, it's the fourth highest paid player in the Championship. How can we justify that? Well, he's on a contract, that's how. But, you know, you look at the midfield players we've got, and a lot of people didn't like John Obi McKell. Yes, he was past his sell-by date, but he did the dirty little things and had people next to him and broke things up and passed the ball. We have not got another player of that ilk now they might have tried to get one I'm sure they did but you can't play a defensive central midfielder who's of that class if you haven't got one and as far as I'm concerned you can't play Vrancic Powell alright he's out for several weeks now probably till after Christmas in my mind 
You can't play him, Sawyers and Vrancic in the same midfield because what happens is they walk through you and you haven't got enough defensive cover. And Joe Allen is not a defensive midfielder. The only way you can change it is to put Thompson in and put Thompson in that position and just hope for the best. Or change the tactics to the way we've been playing where we were winning, really. Which again comes down to the manager. When we were winning, we were playing three in midfield. Two, not so much sitting, but two central midfielders and a can. You know, with two strikers. I don't know why he's changed his system. Keeps changing it all the time. What He's gone from some of the same thing happened last season as well, where we had something that was working and then changed it for no real good reason. And it, well, we know what the reason is, to fit Remain Sawyer's in. And I can't yeah. understand it. Yeah, I, I mean, I must admit, I think the, the midfield is a blind spot for him. I think it's a bit of an Achilles heel at the moment. But I also do think he's not as daft as people think. And I think he will. The, the injury to Nick Powell will make him play two up front. And I don't think we'll go too many more matches where he doesn't play a more defensive midfield. Because yesterday, all that happened was, listen, Stoke played them off the pitch for the best part of the first 30 minutes. Now, this is, you could play this as a recording. Did the same at Sheffield. And then they changed the tactics. They just went rough and tumble over the top. And for some unknown reason, we can't cope with it. And when they score one, the defence crumbles. It, the, the two goals were just a mirror image of the, of the goals at um, Sheffield. And, and as much as I think Harry Suit is a great player, I think he was partly at fault with both of them. And I think Bursic maybe could have cut out the cross for the second one. But we are where we are. Gary Rowett, I will never have much good to say about Gary Rowett. I wish he'd have got our team to kick as many players up in the air when we were struggling as he does the Millwall team because quite frankly they're one of the dirtiest teams I've ever seen and Stoke should have had at least three of the four penalty shouts but that's the rub of the green and you just have to go with it you know how they're going to play and if our players aren't up for it then they'll get beaten every time yeah they will they will and that, that's for me what I mean, to be honest against Bournemouth I don't know how we didn't get battered they, they weren't creating good chances and that, that's the only thing I could say about Bournemouth but yesterday to be honest, I saw 10 minutes they were changing the tactics and we didn't make a change. We needed Danny back come on at that point just to bring somebody who could airily defend it away and it never came. And We'll go into the player ratings because we'll talk more about the performance after, obviously, the player ratings. So we'll jump straight in with the returning Joe Berzik. Well, I'll give him six and no more. I do really think he could have cut the cross out for the second goal. Uh, to be fair, he didn't have anything else to do really apart from catch one poor header. But he's, uh, because the team didn't do as well as I wanted, he's getting a six. Uh, I'll go in with a, a five. To be honest, a, a part like like you've just said, he had nothing to do. But when he was called upon, he made a mistake, and and basically, like you've already said as well, he had to pick the ball out of the net twice. I thought it was he didn't really have a lot to do. But that's how Millwall play. They don't create a lot of chances, but when they create them, they score. That's sort of the difference between... Well, that's why Millwall are where they are in the league. Because they, they aren't a top side. They don't create a hell of a lot of chances, but they do take them. And that's the difference. And I just feel that Bergic yesterday, he's come in knowing he's come in because of a mistake. And he didn't take it by the, by the scuff of the neck, in my opinion. And that's why he gets a five. Right. You talk about... Hang on, before we carry on. You talk about them taking their chances... Right, the guy that scored both their goals had scored one in twenty before that. One in twenty. They had scored the least goals of anybody in the top half of the championship. 
So I'd, I'd question the validity of his statement there. Well, but, you so know, we'll probably play um, on Wednesday. Bentford will put on some lad on crutches who hasn't played for 120 <laughs> years uh, and it'll go in off his backside. It is just what happens at Stoke. Well, I, I've, I've just looked at the stats, the stats there. Goals predicted... Uh, I can never say that. Goals predicted or whatever is actually one of the highest in the championship because they don't create many chances, but when they get them, they score them. Yeah, uh, so they, they are very high up in that scale, yeah. which is probably why Gary Rowan didn't work at Stoke because we can't <laughs> find a striker for love of money, can we? Yeah. That's the problem. But saying that, Benny Cafu did have a good record under Gary Rowan, didn't he, in front of goal? It was, yeah. it was after where it started falling apart. But anyway, let's move on to James Chester. Now, James Chester has probably been a really good professional in his time. I'm trying very hard to think of anything he did that was good. He's obviously not as fast as he was, but he was so slow yesterday it was painful. I don't think he won a header. He didn't do any of the dirty stuff, getting his leg, you know, letting his leg to a ball or, or pushing or shoving. I thought he was awful. And I don't, I can't think of many players that have had a worse game than him, apart from Jonathan Woodgate. So he's lucky to get a three. Uh, I'm going with a one. Uh, I thought it was one of the worst. You know, two was honestly, I thought he was absolutely terrible. He did nothing. You know, for the amount of time he was on the pitch, I didn't think he did anything really. To be honest, I look, I look at James Chester. He's a player that's been at the club two years too long, in my opinion. To be honest, when he first come on loan, I thought, yeah, there's a need for him. He's one of them players, but he's finished at this level. He's been finished at this level for a few years. It reminds me of when we kept older Charlie Adam for three years yeah. too long as well, where we were still using him because the signings were crap. And yeah. that, that's what's sort of happening now in the Championship, where we're keeping older these players that, yes, could, could do a job. But let's be brutally honest, James Chester should be at cruise level. He should be at a crew somewhere like that, where the, the football's a bit lower, the quality isn't there, and he can show his ability. But when he's coming up against the like, because I thought he was rubbish against Bournemouth as well. When he comes up against the pace of Solanke, he needs to be strong. When you when you get to that age where you're losing your legs, you've got to be tough. You've got to get in there and get stuck in and and use your ability of tackling in, in the nous of the game, especially against young lads. Go go in hard and scare them away a bit, like they used to do back in the 70s when football was yeah. proper. But, I mean, obviously I don't mean him go get sent off, but yesterday he did nothing. The game was going away from us and he just sort of trouncing around. He's been put back in for Ostergaard for some reason. But I just wasn't impressed with him at all yesterday and I don't know why he's playing. I don't know if there's been a fallout between Ostergaard and the manager, but at the moment I'm, he's got to be out next game. It's simple as that because it's not good enough. Right, get that okay. rant over. Right, right, let's move into Harry Suter. Well, I didn't think Harry covered himself in glory on, on either of the goals because all, all three of the central defenders uh, got dragged out of position. But he was man of the match because he did all the covering work for Chester in particular. He, he covered all the defenders apart from, from the two goals. Um, so I'm going to give him a seven. Uh, I'll go with a six. And he's pro he probably is my man of the match as well. I'll probably agree with you there. I thought he, he was doing too many jobs again yesterday, uh, which happens normally when Ben Wilmot goes racing off all over the place. But... You know, yesterday he was covering two defenders, defenders that weren't doing the jobs properly. Let, let's be honest. And I, yeah, he, he played all right. I think he was at fault for missing a few of the headers. And you know, at the moment the whole defence system's completely crumbled again because of this change in system, which we'll talk about later. 
Right, so now we're going to not my mate anymore, Ben Wilmot. Yeah, well, he isn't my will, my mate either. I mean, you can't. It wasn't his position. He obviously got moved out uh, because of the of the illness to Tommy Smith. Um, I'll give him a five. Right, I'll go in. I'll go in with if I'll go over four. Actually, I think it was a blow par performance. I wasn't impressed with him at all. And but he can't pass the ball anymore. Because to be honest, I've noticed the other day I started to do a bit of a study on Ben Wilmot and the problem is that I saw is that he's he's playing on the left side which I don't think suits him because every time I've seen him on the right side he looks a really good player but I think sometimes when you put a right footer at left back I just don't think it works and I know it's still a centre back and he should be able to do his defensive duties but I think his game isn't just defending I think it's breaking up and supporting when he can Again, he was in a position I don't think suits him. And yeah, he gets a four for me. He's got to start when he makes these runs. He's got to start thinking of what's happening behind him. He's got to have more central awareness of what's going on. When teams are attacking or when the ball is given away or lost, start running. That That's what you do. But half the time, he's trying to do a holding midfielder's role when we lose the ball. And I don't know if he's been told to do that by Michael O'Neill, but it seems like for me that he's doing it on a whim rather than yeah. rather than going through and sorting that out. I'm not impressed with Ben Wilmot. I was impressed with him when he first came when he played at right centre-back. But since he's been playing left centre-back, the, the mistakes are creeping in. I'll go in with obviously a four and we'll move on to Josh Tymon next. Mm. Well, Josh Tymon was... He didn't do much yesterday. He, he's... he's Look, they, they've, they've worked out how, all teams have worked out how to play against Stoke. And I think all you can say is he, he tried, he always tries. He does seem to have, he was putting some really good quality passes across in the last few matches. He did a couple yesterday, but it was it was nothing more than OK, so he's getting a six as well. I think it's time for Alfie Doughty, to be honest. This yeah, is but a... Alfie Doughty's not well, so you can't just stick him in. No, I mean from now on, when whenever he's yeah. back or whenever it's fit, because we've yeah. seen time and now on a run of games, and he's done some good things, he's done some bad things, but he's done a lot of mediocre things as well. I think he he needs to get involved in the game more. And I know sometimes we can sit there and go, well, he hasn't had the ball passed to him. Good players go and find the ball. They'll move for the yes, ball. They Unless the Cristiano Ronaldo like standing up front with his mouth open because he hasn't got the legs anymore. You have to move to the ball to get get involved and work your way through. And he's got to learn when to cross the ball as well. There's been so many times, Bournemouth especially, where he crossed the ball about four times and there was nobody in the box. There was nobody anywhere near it. He was just putting a ball in, not looking, and going, oh, wait, there, there's nobody with me. <laughs> you, know, you have to sometimes come back, pass it back if the team hasn't caught up. And he didn't do that. And, and it's, it seems to be every week that I'm looking at Josh Tarman going, he's just standing around again with his mouth open. Yeah. He's got to start I mean, getting involved more. There's quite a few more. people, Ian, sorry, there's quite a few people that would like to see him in the centre of the, defen- the defensive midfield. Yeah, you probably could do, but he can't defend. We know this from previous no, seasons. He can't tackle, he can't defend. That's the problem no. with him. So we're playing him at left wing back and then realising, oh, wait there, we, we've, got no, we've got nobody pressing. So, for me, when you look at Doherty, I think Doherty needs a run. He needs to know that he's a part of the team. And I think he is an actual left wing-back because from everything I've read about Charlton, that he can, he can tackle, he can defend. It's got to be time for him now because 
Josh Tymon yet again has proven, and we know his contract's up at the end of the season, Tymon, as well. Normally, when you see your contract's up, you fight for it, don't you? You fight yeah. to stay at a club like Ben Teke did last year where he started scoring goals at first time in three years for the club. You have to prove yourself to, to get a new contract. Because let's be honest, where's Josh Tymon going to go if he doesn't start booking his ideas up? No, true. He's going to drop to League One, Sunderland or somebody like that's going to have it, sign him instead, isn't he? Now we move on to Romain Sawyers. I think the nicest thing I can say about him is he scored a very good goal, uh, which was made for him by Jacob Brown. But I, and he tries, but he, he's great on the ball. But he's not our, he's not our deep line midfielder. You cannot play him, as, in my opinion, as the deep line midfielder away from home. Uh, yeah, um, I agree. I think on the ball, five. a five. Yeah. Right. I was going to go in with a five as well. There were six. I'll go in with because he scored a goal. Let's, let's be honest. It was he. He made us get off his backsides yesterday. I agree. Is it? We're shoe on. we him in, but we're not putting him in a position that works. So straight yeah. away, it's a technical fail. You yeah. don't put Ronaldo. I don't know Messi at, at holding midfield. Because you need to hold him in somewhere. You don't do it. We've seen England do it in the past when they used to make Beckham an holding midfielder just to fit him in the squad. You have to fit somebody in there that does the job well. Now, I know Thompson was injured or not fit to play, but it's becoming a, a negative in the midfield because everything I'm looking at is falling apart under Sawyers because he just yeah. doesn't run. This is the thing with him. He's got. He's got it. Fair enough, he's not... He's not a holding midfielder, which we've brought him in to do, which is, again, looking at the transfer team again. But don't shoehorn him in then. You know, if, if you're going to play a player in that position, play someone who can do it. Joe Allen yeah, can do that role, uh, play that role. He doesn't do it amazingly, as we, we all know, but he'll do a better job than Soyuz does there. You know, it's and Michael O'Neill knows that because he's played him in that position. So I don't know why shoehorning a player in that continually fails to play in that role and then plays him in that role every week. It My biggest concern, Ian, about Sawyers playing away as the as a midfielder is that it's so easy to get the ball off him. They get the ball off him so easy. Um, he gives the ball away and, and he's always in a dangerous position and then he tries to run after it and then you think, oh, well, he ain't going to get it. Yeah, because he doesn't. He hasn't got. He just doesn't run enough. Where he's no, we've signed him three years too late. I think. I think his legs are gone. Yeah, I, I, well, I don't think his legs are gone because I think he could play well if you play him higher up. I do. Yeah. I think if you play him higher up instead of Ranches, because I still feel and I won't back down from it. I don't think we need a holding midfielder. I really don't because we proved okay. that in the first half of the season where we don't need one. You just control the game. Vrancic can control the game. Just play him deeper so he can control it. There's no point having a Varane, a 33-year-old in an attacking midfield role unless he's still got his legs. Varane yes, hasn't got his legs anymore. No. So don't play Sawyers there when it doesn't work. Right, okay. I'll give him a six because he scored a goal. If it wasn't, it wasn't for that. Leo Ostergaard. Right, would you like to talk about Leo Ostergaard? Where's he been? What's going on? Well, he wasn't playing. I saw him pre-match and he was wandering around and he wasn't very happy. And then, of course, Tommy Smith had felt ill on the Friday, had something to eat on the Saturday. But in the warm-up, um, it was quite clear he couldn't play. So Ostergaard came in. That's why your mate Ben went out to to play wing, left wing half or whatever you call it these days, wing back 
And Ostergaard, in the first minutes, got elbowed in the face off the ball and was probably down on the floor for three or four minutes. But he, he was just steady, nothing nothing spectacular. Just pretty average, really. I give him a, a five. Leo Ostergaard... I don't know what's really happened with him because when it like again, same as Ben Wilmot, when he started the season, it looked like we'd signed a real player of the future here, real good defender, getting stuck in. What was his probably his middle name then? But since those first five or six games, he has literally got off the boil, which is why he's been dropped for has been James Chester. Yeah. Or there's been a fallout, and I, I don't know if there has been because it seems like it has because he'd gone from playing every week, even the cup matches, to just not playing at all. And yeah. fair enough, he had one bad game where he looked knackered and he did need a rest, but that didn't need for him to be dropped completely. So, is there anything you've heard that there's been a fallout between? Nothing at all. Uh, I've heard nothing at all, and I just assume it's because he quite liked James Chester, and I think that will have changed after this Saturday. Well, I'm hoping so. So, I'll, I'll go in with a, I'll go with a steady five. He didn't do a lot, to be honest, Ostergaard. He was sort of miles away as well when both goals went in, in my opinion. So, not good enough at all. Right, so we'll move into Captain Joe in. Uh, Joe Allen. Joe Ince. Yeah. <laughs> well, all I can say about Joe Allen is it was one of the worst matches I've ever seen for his passing to a Stoke player. I just felt he was completely out of sorts. You can't fault him for trying. His passing was absolutely appalling. He was off form. I'm going to give him a four. Uh, I'll go over two for Joe Allen, to be honest. Um, a bit harsh again? No, it's 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 not harsh. It, it was poor. It was poor. At, at the end of the day, I don't care if anyone sits there and, and says, Ian, that's harsh and, you know, that's poor. He was garbage yesterday. And like I've already said, he's one of the highest paid players in the championship. He should yeah. be destroying this division. And I don't care what anybody says. He's been given the captain's armband. I, I still can't say, other than I think two, he's got over a six from me this season. Mm-hmm. He doesn't dominate games. He doesn't control games. Where's that Joe Allen that plays for Wales and plays as a holding midfield and dominates from the deep position? Well, he's not playing for us. Yeah, we, okay. clearly he's not playing for us. But the fact is, I don't think he ever has, really. No. There's been little moments where I've gone, yeah, he's a good player. And for me, I'd drop him. The... the <sighs> If you if you want play Sawyer's drop drop Allen. If you want play Allen, drop Sawyer's. That for me is how it works because they're very similar players. Except that Joe does like running round nonsensely. Very similar to Ben Wilmot, really, where he's just running round chasing the ball and leaving gaps which teams can break through. I thought yesterday he's passing. Let him down majorly, but let's be honest, he's never known for his passing. He gets a lot of good passing stats because he passes to the person next to him. He never creates a deadly. You know, no, thirty-yard, brilliant pass, does he? And no. yesterday he was poor. He was very poor. I, I, I won't play him against Brentford. I've got to be brutally honest, which we'll talk about later. Right. So now we're playing. Talk about Verancic, who played higher up again for some reason. Listen, Verancic looks class on the ball. He's a great passer of the ball. But there again, when you're playing away and you've got the midfield that we played yesterday, I don't think he's strong enough. Yeah, he certainly hasn't got the legs. And so, uh, because he, because he's, he's not bad on the ball. I think generally yesterday it was one of his weakest games for Stoke, and I will give him a five. I'll give him a four. I thought it's not his fault. I'm not going to sit here and slag off Branchich because I think he's been a good signing, no question about that. But 
he's too old to play in that role. And I don't get why he keeps playing there. I, I really don't. I know he's got a great left foot, but it seems like... It seems like Michael O'Neill looks at branches and goes, right, he can he can make a difference in the higher f- folds of the team. But he hasn't got the legs. We know he's not great in the air. He's just got a good left foot. But every time I've seen him with his left foot, it's when he plays deeper. And I keep saying, we had a system that worked when we had Varancic alongside Joe Allen when he, when he started playing and with Nick Powell in front of him. But for some reason, he keeps trying to play Vrancic higher up the pitch. And I don't get why he's doing it. Because ever since we've done that, we've started leaking goals. And it, a lot of it does come down to Michael O'Neill. I, I'm not one of these other nutcases that are saying, let's get him sacked or out like that. Because I do think he's a good manager. But this is the second season now where I've seen him make tactical changes that have made us worse. And this is one of them. He's, he's moved yeah. Rancic, a man who can control the game, can, can control the midfield areas, which we're struggling to do now, to shoe on a player in because he doesn't want to drop Joe Allen. And, yeah, no, that's true. And it, it, it's, it's not helping the team. It's, it, we're losing points now on a more regular basis. We both talked about a run and it's not coming. Rancic yesterday was marked out the game completely. He couldn't control the game in any shape or form. He couldn't even get passes away because he was completely ran onto once he got the ball. They knew what yeah, our weapon but was. But he kept in a bit more defensively than you would have expected. But he shouldn't be doing that. No, he shouldn't. But he had to. I know he had to, but he shouldn't. He shouldn't have been doing. And that's the thing with yesterday. The whole performance was dodgy because of the system that was laid out, and it's yeah. not. It's not working. That's why he gets a four from me. Right, we'll go into Lee Gregory. I mean Sam Surridge. Right, well, he should have had definitely one penalty. One absolute nailed-on penalty. Um, I'm not a massive fan of Sam Surridge. I think he flatters a little bit to deceive. I don't think he's going to set the world alight. I'll give him a five. Uh, I'll give him a three. Um, Might as well not have been playing, really. I'll, I'll be brutally honest with you. Might as well have not been playing yesterday. To be honest, I think Lee Gregory had more work rate in him. I think he had more control in him when when he gets the ball. Fair enough, he didn't score chances. But Sam Surridge at the moment's probably looking like one of the worst signings of the season for me. Already. What worries me is he fades so quickly. Yeah, yeah. He has little explosive times and then you won't see him again for 15, 20 minutes. Yesterday, he had a couple of runs. Like you said, he should have got a penalty. Without question, he should have got a penalty. And, but then, to be honest, when we get penalties, we miss them anyway. So, you know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not an advantage to us anymore, is it? But yesterday, Surridge did nothing apart from get nearly get a penalty. He didn't create a chance. He didn't get himself in any good areas. He was more dropping back, which he shouldn't be doing, which I've noticed he does a lot. He drops back too deep. And then when something gets kicked in, he hasn't got the legs to get up there. No, no. It just wasn't good enough at all for me. I'm not so it's why I'm getting with a free poor performance from Surridge. And if he doesn't book his ideas, I'll be, he'll be going crew on loan next season. <laughs> right. So now we're moving to the last player, Jacob Brown. Now Jacob Brown had a really good chance at the start, uh, fluffed his lines, put it wide, and became less involved as the game got, went on. He also he, he had a bit of an injury too, which I think, don't think helped him. But he wasn't very good, and just think he became anonymous as things continued. So I'm going to go in with a five for Jacob. 
I'll go for free as well because um, the forward line deserves a free. I've got to be honest. Um, I can't really remember him having much impact. He, he did a lot of running, which we all know Jacob Brown does. But it reminded me of a performance from last season from Jacob Brown where there was no real end product from him in any shape or form. He had a great chance early on, which, let's be honest, if that was Millwall, probably would have been a goal. Yeah. It, it just wasn't... It just At the moment, we're looking so lethargic up front that I'm, when you keep saying we're going to finish six, I'm worried and can't see where you're getting this out from when I'm looking at our strikers. These are probably the worst finishes up front I've seen at Stoke for years. I've got to be honest. But the thing is, Michael O'Neill's brought all of them in. And I can't I can't have a go at anyone other than the manager for what he's brought in. Sam Surridge is one of the worst finishes I've seen. Jacob Brown's not, not far behind him. You know, Jacob know, Brown wasn't brought in to be the first striker. Yeah, we know. Yeah, I know. Because Campbell will be back in the not too distant future. Seema's been off injured. I think he will chip in, and I do actually think we'll get somebody else in in January. Well, we're gonna have to. That, that's that's a very serious thing. Now we have to bring somebody in who knows where the goal is, because we've got probably three of the four strikers that just can't score goals. And they don't look like strikers. I look at Surridge, he looks like a cam to me, or a winger. Same yeah. with Brown. Brown's a right winger. I can see every week now. He's not a striker. He can fill in when you need to. You have plenty of players that do that. But when you're starting every week and the missing chances, every you've got to start putting a hold on it. Correct. And it's just, at the moment, it seems to be every week I'm looking at, oh God, it's Surridge and Brown. Uh, there's no goals. And when you've got no Nick Powell as well, where are the goals coming from? Well, uh, easier said than done, Alexander. Right, so we'll move into the subs. Um, Stephen Fletcher. Didn't think he did a great deal. Had one sort of flash shot across the goal. Four. I'll go in with a, I'll go in with a five for a sub, to be honest. Um, I always do with subs. It did nothing, really. No, no impact on the game whatsoever. And, yeah, that's all I can say on that, to be honest. Right, now we'll talk about Campbell. I would not have brought Campbell on because, uh, look, there was a lot of dark arts and thuggery and he was taken out quite severely by one of the players and he had to have a lot of attention on reflection. It might have done him good. But um, he's, he looks a little bit fitter after the first run. He was still blowing. He's a long way to go to get back to being fully fit for match play, in my opinion. So I'll give him a five. But another five. I thought he reminded me of a rusty gate yesterday. He's he's getting there. He's going to have to get yeah. a bit more game time. I think he needs 90 minutes, to be honest, in it. Probably yeah. the next couple of weeks, something like that, just to get him out there. Just because yeah. we need him. Right, so now we're moving to the return of Tom Ince. For me, the only one who looked like scoring. Well, I was amazed he came on, and I actually thought he ran around and he tried and he tried and he tried. Uh, and I am going to give him a six. Yeah, I'll follow that as well. I'll give him a six. I've liked him. Every time I've seen him play this season, I've actually rated him. I've got to be honest, I've rated Tom Ince. And to be honest, with with what we've got at the moment, he, he is a goal. He has got a goal in him. And when we're looking at the forward line and all that lot, I'd play Tom Ince behind the strikers at this moment in time. Now, now Nick Powell's injured. We, we, I, I, just, I just think we're now to that point where... Because well, that might happen in the cup match. I'm hoping so because if he can maybe start putting a couple of good performances in, it'll make it a big difference. Because we we all know we're not a big fan of Tom Ince. No one really is. Let's be honest. 
but he has performed this season. Every time he's been yeah. called upon, he's done well. He, he did well against Derby. I thought he did well in the two cup games. So for me, give him a go. You, you know, let's be honest, he's down on his luck. He's desperate to play football. Let's see what he can do. And if and if it's no better, but the, the fact is, we need Branch Deeper. So put hints in. It's better than nothing. <laughs> let's put it that way. True. Right. But just one other thing. There's second goal alright Suter wasn't covered himself in glory Bursic I think should have pulled out the cross um, but Wilmot and Ostergaard they both went for the for the same header uh, with with a, one of the Millwall players and the Millwall player still won it which left us miles short and it was just a catalogue of errors from that moment on yeah yeah they, I thought both the goals were soft I thought they, both goals were very soft and right, so now we're going to the overall rating, and we can talk about stuff like that. So, what did you think of Stokes' overall performance? Four. Very, very generous there. I'm getting over two. I thought we controlled the game with no effect, apart from the goal we scored. I couldn't see us scoring again if we were playing still to to now. To be honest, I thought the subs made no impact whatsoever, apart from Tom Ince. Thought he come on and did did a little bit of good on the, the amount of time he had, and. To be honest, I, I thought it was a very... The, the, it's the changes that I don't understand. The Soyuz isn't working. He doesn't work with any partner that I've seen. I'd rather swap him round. I'd put Varancic deep and put Soyuz higher. Because he, he, I think he plays best in that role as a cam. Rather than putting him in a position, it doesn't work. And it hasn't worked since he's come to the club. But I don't understand why Michael O'Neill's not seen it. Well, I think O'Neill will, will be doing after this week. I mean, any manager with their sort will, first thing, they'll stop and they'll look at themselves and reflect on what they've done wrong. And I think maybe, as a result of this week, we will see one or two changes against Brentford and, and Cardiff. Well, there's going to have to be, but it's got to be changes that make sense. Yeah. I, I, know, I know he's brought Sawyers in and he's brought a few of these players in. And to be honest... None of them really are shining out at this moment in time as good signings. You know, most of them aren't even getting on the pitch. And to be honest, when I look at look at the signings, the tactical now that he's bringing in for these games, I thought yesterday they were controlling the game for a, for a good ten minute period before where they changed their system and went longer. And we we didn't make any reaction to it. we didn't make a reaction to it till it was too late till the second one went in. And I think that's down to the manager, who we're going to rate next. Well, I'm, I'm going to give him a five. I'm, I'm, right, I'll, I'll go in. I'll go in generous. I'll give him a three. I thought the layout was all wrong. I thought the two strikers were literally pointless. I thought Vrancic was too high up the pitch. Sawyer shouldn't have played, even though I know he did score. We had no creativity in the central midfield with Sawyer's and Ince. We keep calling him Ince. Joe Allen. And... Yes, the sub, the injury, well, whatever happened to Tommy Smith did make a big difference. Wilmot was completely useless on that side. But that's the problem when when we haven't got Tommy Smith on that right-hand side putting good balls in. We look, we look deftone on the wing at back areas as well. And yesterday, he made some real errors as well. Like I say, 10 minutes before the first goal went in, they changed their style, their system, started going long ball. He didn't make a change then. When, and I could see it coming. I'll be honest, I, I knew they were going to get a break with, with the way they were changing because we couldn't handle it. Wilmot could, was running forward and every time the ball came over the top. it was it, 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 Basically, they did a number on us, same as 
um, Sheffield United did and it worked and it paid off but for me the manager has to take a big portion of the blame for this change in tactics that doesn't make sense change of the formation that doesn't make sense and he's got to be more reactive when things aren't going right yeah, I think I would. The one thing I would definitely agree with is I think when he makes his substitutions, they're, they're always a bit late and they are reactive. But as I say, let's hope that he learns from it and, and things change. Well, we've got we've got to hope for it. I mean, the next obviously subject that we're going to talk about now is there's a lot of people at this moment in time on social media that have, have attacking Michael O'Neill. There's actually quite a few Michael O'Neill outs that have started popping around on Stoke. I mean, I just want to get your thoughts on that. I think it's ludicrous. I think it's ridiculous. We've lost three games in a week. This is a man who, when he came into the football club, and I know you don't live in the past, but everybody said, it was probably those same people who are criticising him now when we were in the bottom three at Christmas and nobody had ever stayed up before from being in the bottom three, so we were nailed on to go down. He kept us up with loads of time to spare. So I I don't believe that he isn't the right man. I think he's a solid, capable manager. Undoubtedly, he should be under pressure. All managers are under pressure if they lose two matches. But I, I think he will get it right. And we need, we need stability at this football club. We've had too much chopping and changing in the last couple of years. And I don't think there's a captain house chance at the moment of his job being under review. I, I do think he he has to change one or two things, but um, it's one week, and as I say, if we beat Cardiff next weekend, you could be back in the playoffs. It's one week out of a season, and you're never going to go through a season. Even even Bournemouth and even Fulham will have a bad week. Right? Yeah, yeah, Let's get yeah. ours out of the way now. Yeah, I know it's depressing. Listen, you drive home from, from Millwall having lost, it's, you don't get any happier, and it affects your whole weekend. But if you look at it realistically, right, he's done wonders with the football club. He's turned us around, and I think he'll learn from the situation that we're in. So for me, it's premature. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't want Michael O'Neill to go anywhere, to be honest. I think he is a good manager. I think he's got a bit of class about him. But he's got to stop with this self-destructive nature of changing yeah. the formation. It's got to stop. Because this is the second year now he's done it. He did it. He did it twice last season, where the results stopped when he made the formation change. This shoehorning of players, and he did it last season when Joe Allen returned. He shoehorned him in, and it, it, it destroyed the the form that we were on. I know then we got Campbell injury, which destroyed it completely. He's still a good manager. Yet yeah, you've already said about him what he did when he first came in. He saved us when. We're going to get relegated. And he's done good things this season. Let's be honest, all those players that we were all going, oh God, the load of garbage and all that, they've all gone. I know we've brought in a lot of garbage this season by the looks of it now. A lot cheaper garbage. Yeah, but it's a lot cheaper. And one of them's on loan. But Well, a couple of them are on loan, so we can say bye-bye to them at the end of the season. That's good. People just need to calm down a bit. Let, let's be honest. Let's just give him a bit of time to knuckle in and, and properly build his own team. Because, let's be honest, the last for him, including... Lambert and King Rowett and a few others, except King Rowett actually had a lot of money spent. There's been, you know, these managers haven't really been able to build their own squad, and Michael hasn't yet. He hasn't had any money. He's had to do it with free transfers and loan signings. There was a ludicrous phone call after the Bournemouth match, which absolutely drove me insane. I've got to be honest, I was screaming to the bus driver, get that bloody radio off. You know, sometimes people get... He looked at it and talked about the squad that we've got, an amazing squad. We have not got an amazing squad for this division. 
Bournemouth have, Fulham have. Their teams have gone up and come back down and come down with players like Mitrovic, players like Lermy, players like Solanke, top quality players. We haven't got a striker like Solanke. We haven't got a striker like Goldrick, is it, at Sheffield United? A man who knows where the goal is. So he's having to find players. And the problem is, yes, Surrey doesn't work out, and I don't think he will. To be brutally honest, I think next season he'll be out on loan. You've just got to keep with it and give him a bit more time. There's, there's enough there for me to be positive about the future. I, I don't agree with you. I don't think we'll make the playoffs. I don't think we've got enough quality up front. But you never know. Let's, let's you just don't, but say I do wonder if Michael O'Neill had had the £46 million that Gary Rowett had to spend in one transfer window, where we'd be now. Well, exactly. That's, that's what I mean. It's, it's like King Rowett had all this money, and let's be honest, might as well just flush the money down the toilet. Let's be honest. <laughs> Even Klukas has dropped off the boil, let's be honest. So yeah. not a single one of his players has worked out. And... You know, we fell out with Bowie and a lot of fans aren't happy with him. For me, Michael O'Neill needs that time. Hopefully next season he'll have a bit of money spent because if we don't start spending money soon, we will be in this division for a while. I'll tell you that now. Because yeah. the teams, because every time these teams drop, Norwich will be one and I don't know who else, maybe Leeds with the way they're playing. There's teams that are going to come down that are going to have stronger teams than us. And if we don't start spending and trusting Michael O'Neill with a bit of money, say goodbye to the Premier League in the next five, six years. We need to start spending money. So let's just stick with Michael O'Neill. He's a good manager. And then hopefully when we give him a bit of money, he can show what he can do. But not until, in my opinion. At the moment, we're having to get loans and rubbish and cheap deals to try and keep the squad alive. And I think he has brought a few good players in. Can't name them, but he has. So now we'll move into the women. Oh, right. Are we moving into the women? I didn't realise we were. You were even off your rant box at that stage. I, I, I need. I need. I need get it said. You know, there's a lot of problems with my colonial, but he hasn't had any money, so I can't judge him fully on what he's been through and what he's been said. At the end of the day, he has. He's done a good job. At the end of the day, we know he's 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 got a self-destructive nature in his formation, his tactics, but. He'll he'll fix that once he gets players he knows will work and players he trusts. It will it will turn around. Stoke fans just need to keep the faith. He's he's done he's done a, he's done a good job here. True. So you're going on for about the women then, right? Yeah, the women. The women had two games today. They don't apparently still have a manager. You know, we were talking about if they had a manager. Well, they didn't apparently. They still don't have a manager. So the first team were away at Hull City. And the, the reserves were playing Hollywell. I believe they were both, they were away too. So I'll, I'm just now uh, looking how the women have finished, the first team have finished off, because I think they've still got a couple of minutes to play. Um, in fact, no, they haven't, they've, they've finished. But if, if you want to know um, how they went, they, they beat Hull 4-1 away from home. So that's that's a good one, isn't it? Well, it's a good result. I mean, Hull, I know, aren't flying themselves, but... To be fair, we, we, we've got no manager. We're, we're all over the place at the moment, the women. It's, it's frightening what's going on there. It's, it, it seems like nobody's taking hold of it and getting things sorted. We've, we've let a manager go and there seems to be, from what I've heard, they, they aren't even interviewing. From what I've heard. No, I believe not. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but the reserves won 4-0 as well, so it was a, it was a good day today. Well, it's a good day, and if, and if, and if they're doing that without a manager, then, you know... 
just just got to keep a bit of faith with them because it's it's a bit of a shame with the women because from the last two since I've been doing the pod they've been battering everybody every week. It looked like a team yeah. that could get even into the WSL two, you know, with the way they've been playing, but. Yeah. It has dropped off majorly, but it's not it's nothing to do with the players. It's it's at board level that seems to be the problem. Yes, I think that's possibly that's possibly correct. But as I say, I don't know any more than I've told you. Right. We won today anyway. Well, that's good. Right, so we're going to Brentford now. Next game. Well, I think this is going to be really difficult because what do you do now? You've been on a run of three defeats. Uh, you're playing a team that went into the Premier League that we've never lost to in a league match at home. Okay, this isn't the league match. I think he'll be, uh, he'll make a few changes, but I don't think he'll make many changes because I think he'll want to iron out. I still think he'll want to win the match on Wednesday, but I think he'll want to iron out the flaws um, that we've had. Brentford's. I, I still don't know who's going to score the goals, but it's, it's time for somebody different to get in the squad and see what they can do. You know, I think Stephen Fletcher needs 90 minutes, well, 60 minutes, because he's not going to make 90, just to see if he has still got a goal in him. Let's be honest, because, you know, Surridge and Brown don't score goals, as we already know. And I think Campbell probably needs to be an early substitute as well, just to see what he can do for 40, maybe 45 minutes. Just, just, give, him a, just give him a bit of a chance to see what he can do. I think he'll play Davies in goal. I don't think he'll change much at the back. Um, but Danny Bart can't play because now there's a rule in the League Cup that if you've had two cards in previous matches you can't play so he's suspended so I think Chester might play again um, I think Ostergaard will definitely play and I think Duhaney will play um, and, I, and I just wonder what he'll do with the midfield I don't think he'll play Adam Allen I think he might play Thompson, Sawyers and Doughty and up front I think he'll play Fletcher and Sturridge yeah, that's pretty much that. storage, yeah, storage would be better. Yeah, we are. Dad uh, loved storage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be difficult, isn't it? Will, do, will he rest Suter? Because I thought Suter looked tired in, in the second half yesterday. Bart can't play, obviously. So do you bring Adam Porter in in midfield either? Uh, if it was, it's going to be interesting. If it was me, I'd play McCarry and I'd play Porter. I would if I, if I was him. Mm. I would. I'd give McCarry a go. He's he's tall. He's a decent centre back from everything I'm reading. He's performing well. He needs an opportunity. Let's be honest. It's a free hit. Brentford yeah, are going to play true. play big big players. They're going to play a lot of youngsters as well. So give him a go. As long as he's got yeah, experience okay. around him with Chester and and Ben Wilmot, probably just just give Harry Suter a rest. Give a youngster a go. Let's see what he can do. He might yeah, end up be bad. Interesting to see how many people go. Oh yeah, it will, yeah, because I don't think there'll be many, especially after yeah. the week we've had. I hope they do, yeah. I hope they yeah. do, but we, we don't really know. Right, so let's go on with his score prediction. I think we'll lose on penalties. I'm going to go with a 2 nil defeat, to be honest. Your positivity is just flowing over tonight. I, I'm, 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 I'm devastated, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I was so happy before the Bournemouth, before this week, I thought, no, we'll bounce back now, we always do, but... This this week we we it's been self destructive, and it, yeah, it's, it's really it's, it's it's been a horrible week to watch Stoke. I mean, I went there Tuesday night, which was quite warm. It deceived me, and I ended up wearing a a gelée and, and a jumper, and I was sweaty <laughs> watching that, <laughs> which which was deceiving. Um, but yeah, I, I just think Bournemouth are a good side. I think they're a really good side. They're well run. They now buy players. And from what I'm hearing, they've got a good youth academy. They've got a few good players that are desperate to make names for themselves. 
and this is a great chance for them to get out there. I think we're too weak at the moment. I think with Bat being out, I hope he's on a play suitor because I think he really needs a rest for no, the I weekend. And I'd love to see Porto again because I thought he did well in the first two yeah, games. Yeah, I'd like to see Adam Porter play. But then you've got to keep one eye on to the, the, the last thing we'll probably talk about, which is the home game against managerless, which always makes you worry when you're a Stoke fan. Cardiff on Saturday. Cardiff on Saturday. <laughs> I think they'll have a manager in place from everything I'm hearing before they, Cardiff, before they play us. And we never really do well against Cardiff, do we? Since the playoff win... I can't remember the last time we really convinced. I can remember we, the, the beaters when they came up for that one year when Kenwin Jones yeah. scored. You know, and then we drew with them, didn't we, at home? Yeah. You know, we never, we've never, since the playoff win, we've never done well against them. And yeah. I'm just hoping it turns round this weekend. But if they get a new manager and they're going to be up, what are your score predictions? I think we'll beat them 2 0. 2 0? Yep. 2 0. I'm getting with a, a 3 1 defeat. God, Ian, you need to get back on your tablets. <laughs> that was a joke. That was a clear joke. Right. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with a one-one draw against Cardiff because right. I think they're going to have a new manager. I think they're going to be up for it, and I'm hoping I'm wrong because the thing is, whenever I do put the draw in, they win. So I'm going to carry that going. <laughs> good. And uh, yeah, I'm hoping we win. It's a good chance for it. You know, Mick McCarthy. Let's be honest, is deservedly sacked. You know, eight straight defeats. They, they, they're looking poor at the moment. But we know they've got a few good players on that side. And with a new manager, you never know what happens. It always seems to be Stoke, doesn't it? Always seems yeah. to be Stoke when a new manager comes in. I know, it's terrible, isn't it? Yeah, it's, 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 we're never lucky. Yeah, so I'll go with a 1-1 draw, which I think at this All time right. I'll take, to be honest. Okay. Right. That's ra- I think that's wrapped up, Andrew. It's another podcast yeah. done. So, thanks for that, Ange. No problem. Speak to you next week. All right, cheers, Doc. So, sorry it's a depression one, but it hasn't been a great week. But if you like the podcast, make sure you follow us on all social media. Just put in the Potters Podcast, you'll find it's easy. If you follow us on iTunes, please do us a great honour of putting a five-star review in. It goes a long way for the podcast. And anybody who already has, thank you. It means a lot to me. So thanks for listening to Rob. All the best.